Well, we've been on our family series this month of June. We're ending today. We started the month with um, talking about the genesis of family and how God created family in Genesis 1. God intended for one man and one woman to come together and to procreate and to, to establish family and family relationships. And We talked about that the first Sunday and then the next Sunday was Father's Day and had the privilege of my daughters being up here with me and we talked about father children issues and I believe that was really a great time just to to discuss specific things that that my girls have experienced and gone through and being raised in our home and we just we had a great time in sharing that and then my wife and I had the privilege of doing that with my wife last week and I believe you got some good things out of that so today I just want to kind of tie things together bring it all together and just really remember how that God's plan is the family. He established the blueprint for family and his heart is in family and his desire is in relationships and family. And one of the things that I want you to remember every day is that no matter where you're at in family relationships, your children may be grown and gone. You may be grandparent today. You may be raising small children today. You may not even be married yet today. I mean, everybody sitting in here this morning is in, is in a different place. But God takes us where we're at. That's what's so amazing about God. His mercy and His forgiveness, number one, are just, they're new every morning. And so God takes us right where we're at and he establishes us right where we're at and right where we will allow him to establish us and develop us and make us into who he wants us to be. And so I want you to remember today, it's never too late. Say that with me. It's never too late. You're never too old, you're never too young, you're never too anything, but, but specifically, it's never too late to become a better parent, it's never too late to become a better spouse, it's never too late to become a better child, you know? Um, you might think, you know, in, in some of the things I'm going to just mention to you today, you might think, well, you know, I'm... I'm grown, I have my own family, and you know, how I treat my parents is not a big deal. That, that's way off. That's way off. And if people have ever told you that, they lied to you. Because the Bible's real clear about the way you treat your parents. I, I've been privileged in not understanding that and really having an attitude towards my parents. You know, as I got in my teen years and beyond um, and then got born again, I had the privilege of beginning to make changes and alterations in the way that I treated my parents as, as I've gotten older you know my relationships have gotten stronger and stronger and I so appreciate and value them and it's not because they're perfect and it's not because they do everything right and it's not because they never made mistakes in your life well I could if they didn't do this no 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 
It has to do with your attitude and the way your heart changes. And, and I think that for family to be strong, we've got to love one another in spite of each other. For there to be strong family connections and relationships in, in, in the future, and, and for the family to begin to shine once again in America, we've got to love one another in spite of each other. And that's not easy to do. You know, um, so, much of the, so much of the world um, and, and so much of, of Hollywood for, for some reason, and I, I guess it's probably justifiable, but they, but they make men and, and husbands and fathers look like a bunch of idiots. And pretty much throughout all, most all the sitcoms, one of the, one of the greatest sitcoms in, in the history of sitcoms is The Cosby Show. It's got some of the highest ratings ever in the history of, of just a sitcom. And it was a mother and a father, and four, what was there, four kids, five kids? I don't know, however many kids they had. And, uh, and pretty, pretty normal, you know? And, and people really like something that looks normal. And, and their family, and it wasn't perfect, and, you know, there were stuff, and, you know, even, even in that sitcom, you know, the, the father was made to be a joke a lot of times, you know. But at the end of the day, he had wisdom. At the end of the day, he had wisdom. And I, and I believe God didn't make the men and the husbands and the fathers to be a bunch of jokes. And, and we, but we got to work at it. And we gotta, we've got to develop some of this stuff and, and make changes in our own lives. And, and I'm just here to tell you, God will take you where you're at. You don't have to live in the past and all your mistakes and what you didn't do. And, well, you know... My, one of my kids didn't turn out this way or what, whatever. It, do, it doesn't matter. God takes us where we're at today. Because you know what? At the end of the day, you, you, people can only do and operate in the roles that, they, that they're attempting to operate in. They can only do it effectively with revelation. And where there's no revelation, people perish. Things don't happen. Things don't increase. Things, you can't get on the top of situations when there's no revelation. And, I, and I'll just tell you this. Revelation doesn't come easily. You, you, don't, just, you don't buy revelation with money. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't just draw revelation from laziness. It doesn't come easy. It comes through a fight and through warring. And, and when the enemy... When the enemy starts seeing you making changes in your life because of revelation, he's going to pull every stop out to discourage you. The enemy, in our pre-service prayer, is sharing this, this point. The enemy had, has had a plan for your life from the day you were conceived. God had a plan for your life before you were even thought about. But the day you were conceived, the enemy had a plan. And hell and demons and everything else were assigned to your life to make sure that things would get stirred up and things would happen so that you wouldn't serve God. All of hell has you as a bullseye if you're in a physical body. And 
as time goes on and people don't serve God, well, they spend less time there and demonic forces spend time with people that are growing and increasing in spite of the attacks. And in the world of family, a lot of times families that are being attacked more are doing more. Things that are happening, you can't ever judge people where they're at and the things that they've gone through or the things that they're going through. You can't judge them where they're at today because in in a lot of cases, things are coming against them because of their commitment to make changes and to do things right. Because again, I'm telling you, you're you're a bullseye. The enemy is after you. We're not concerned about that because he's defeated. And he has no abilities except what we give him. He has the ability of deception to deceive you into believing that he's more real than what God's word says. So he does all he can to keep you out of the word and busy with all kinds of things. And, you know, Pastor, you know, you, you know we, we got to live and we got to do this and we got to work a job and we got to make a living. The Bible says nothing about making a living. The Bible talks about obeying God. And when you obey God and you do what's right, I didn't say, the Bible didn't say don't work. I said it didn't say make a living. It said trust God. And believe God. And God will give you jobs and give you abilities to do things. And you do it with Him before you in your vision looking through Him and everything that you do. You're not created to make a living. You're created to obey God. Amen? And we are ministers of reconciliation who are living our lives seeing people reconciled to God. And when we're in the midst of that, no matter what we do, the, the businesses and the vocations and the careers and those kind of things we have, we need to be in the midst of those. Yeah, you make money and you prosper and all that, but you need to be in the midst of those transforming people's lives because you're tra- being transformed and you're increasing. And with that, with new opportunities and things, there's new devils and new attacks of the enemy and things that come against your life. So don't ever allow discouragement to try to rule your future. If you're being discouraged today, you're being attacked today, just remember, God's greater, and what you're learning to do is press through the discouragement and get on top where you live on top no matter what happens. Amen? And in the world of family, that's what we have to learn to do. Because the devil hates family. He hates marriages. He hates people staying together for years and years. This year, my wife and I, in, uh, next month, will be married. Or no, in, in what's June? In, in, the, in August, we'll be married 35 years, and the devil hates that. And he comes against us all the time and attacks our lives and, and attacks us and even our relationship and, and, and our personalities. He comes against us because he hates the fact that we tell people we've been married for 35 years and that we stand up here and we talk about family. Even in, the, even in spite of mistakes we've made or whatever, we're still standing, we're moving forward, and we'll never quit. Amen? Amen? I mean, and, and he hates that. See, but what people try to, what happens with people is we want to disqualify ourselves because it doesn't look pretty. Doesn't look like Rock and Doris. For the younger ones, talk to me later. That doesn't, doesn't look like, you know, the, the perfect marriage out of Hollywood. You know, don't. Don't try to set your expectations on what Hollywood says that marriages should be like. Because most of the people that are playing the roles have horrible marriages. 
well, pastor's really against Hollywood. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just saying they've deceived us into getting us to think because the, the picture of marriage and family is in here. And we've we got to emulate this. And, 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 I, and I'll just tell you right now, in most cases, it's not pretty. But it's effective. And we stay with it, and we fight for it, and we stand for it, no matter what. Amen? Ephesians 6. I just want to read a few verses as I kind of tie this up today. <clears throat> Well, but no. Um, before I go, there, I'll go there second. But let me go to First Corinthians four first. First Corinthians four and verse fourteen. Paul says, "I don't write these things to you to shame you." But as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you, you, you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. He said in verse 15, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. Today, I, I, I want to talk about what it means to live your life not as an instructor, but as a parent. how you and I are to live our lives, not just as instructors. You can have 10,000 instructors, but he says there's very few parents. Apostle Paul's not talking about his, his blood children here. He's talking about his spiritual children. And one of the things that I think helps us to take life serious is realizing that there are other people around us that need us to believe in what we're doing. And when, when, you, when you don't just treat your neighbor or somebody that is acquaintance of yours, when you don't just treat somebody as though you're an instructor or just a, an acquaintance or you've just, you know, you're just tolerating them in, in, in their stuff, you know, a lot of times people will have issues or problems in their life and, and we just get irritated with them. Well, maybe God has something in you to help develop in them. Because what a father will do, a true father or a parent or a mother will take time to develop what needs to be developed so they don't stay that way. You know? Why do, why do people have issues and attitudes in their life? Why, why, are, why are people um, angry all the time? Why, why, do, why do people start something and then they quit why because because somewhere along the way they, they there was a skill or things in their life that wasn't developed and along the way god may have put you in their life to be a spiritual parent to help develop something in them without being critical and out 
hammering them and without turning your back on them or without having an attitude that, you know, well, you know, you, you're, you're a certain age and you ought to know how to do this. Well, if people haven't been trained and they haven't had examples, then for the most part, people are just trying to live life and accomplish things through trial and error. Notice what Paul said in that 16th verse. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. We need to be people that can tell other people. You need to imitate what I'm doing. You can say it in the right way. Those are words out of here. And you can say it in, a, in such a way that it's not drawing attention to you or you know, that you're appearing to be prideful. You know, I got this thing down and you, know, you need to do what I'm doing. Well, yeah, I mean, people need to follow us, but they need to be able to believe in imitating us and following us. And that will happen as you develop the heart of a father or a, a, of a parent and, and, and an example where you can tell people, you know what, this has worked for me, follow and imitate the things that I'm doing. God wants you and I to be people that grow up and become what we were created, not just instructors. Anybody can instruct someone else and yet it not work in their life. I'll say it again. Anybody can instruct someone to do something, but yet they don't live that way themselves. But it takes time and development and character development for a person to say, you know what, I'm going to stay with this until I get it because there's other people's lives that are weighing in the balance. Because if people pass through you and they have to go find someone else, then, you know, maybe there's some things in our lives that we're going to be held accountable for as we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to stand before God and say, well, you know, God, I, I, I didn't have time for that person. I didn't have time to do this. Or, you know, I just, you know, I, th those people irritated me or whatever it is. God wants us to grow up and be true parents and be people that can lead other people to a higher level and to a higher place. And, 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 and in all actuality, at the end of the day, you know what that really looks like? That, that, that represents people that take responsibility for their actions. And we live in a world, in a society, where everybody wants to blame someone else for why something's not working instead of the buck stopping with us. Can you say amen? amen. Look at um, Ephesians. Chapter 6, in verse 1. <clears throat> Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. And you fathers... Do not provoke your children to wrath. The, the Amplified says, Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and the discipline and the counsel and the admonition of the Lord. You know, we can say these, this is natural fathers, but it's spiritual fathers also. Many of you sitting here today never even thought about the fact that God's called you to be a spiritual parent. That there's more than just your family, you and 
your, your group and, and you and your husband or wife and, and your kids. But God's created all of us to be spiritual parents. You should be, you should in your life over time, I'm not putting some pressure on you, but you should be birthing people into the kingdom of God and then you should be nourishing people in the kingdom of God. And, and it's, not, it's not a difficult thing. And, I, and I'm not talking about you need to be birthing, you know, 100 people by the end of the year, you know. I, I don't care if, you, if, you're, if you're spending time with someone and you're, you're, your life is becoming an example to someone and you're, you're in their life and you're helping them and you're doing things for them. And maybe it's five years down the road that they give their heart to God. But when they come into the kingdom that way, and, and, and it's a result of your life, then they're going to look to you because you've been the one in their life. You don't send them to me or send them to somebody else. You're going to be there and help nourish that person. And you do that. Listen, raising my natural children helped to grow me up. It taught me things about life. I mean, God gave me those children as much for me as he, as he gave me for them. Actually, it was probably more of them for me because of the growing up that I needed in my life. And, 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 and having, to, having to take responsibility for your actions in front of your kids, you know, and I'm not going to bore you with the same old stories I've told of things that I've done and had to repent and all that kind of stuff, so I'll, I won't give you any more of those. If you're sitting there going, what, what stories? You, somebody else tell the ones that don't know, okay? But, but, there's been many times that I've had to go back and, and repent to my children for the way I said something. Not, not necessarily what I said because I was bringing discipline, but for the anger that I operated in or, or the frustration and, and, or making them feel like less of a person. Discipline should never be something that is done in a way to make a person feel like they're less. But you're, make, you're bringing correction, whether you're spanking a child or you're, or you're you know, giving them time out or you're taking something from them for a time period or whatever. You, you have to do it with vision and purpose. And, and along the way, I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn what that even looked like. It didn't make sense because nobody did it for me. So if you don't have an example, how can you be an example? So you have to learn from other people. And what helped me? Not, I mean, number one was my wife and things that she had, but, but also spiritual fathers and spiritual parents in my life to help me to grow up. And you need that. Everybody needs that. I don't care who you are. But at the end of the day, it's because that's what you're created to be. You're created to help and teach and, and, and build and strengthen other people the same way. So just remember... Maybe irritating situations. You may have earthly children in your life that, you know, that, you know, you may have one that's a little more irritating in a certain area to your personality than the other. Allow yourself to be drawn to that and not, and don't draw away from it. Learn from it. What is it God wants to teach you in your personality about how to raise that child, about how to, how to speak into that child's life, how to develop that? A lot of times, if you're not a strong-willed person and you have a strong-willed personality, you know, that strong uh, child with a strong-willed personality, then that child will wreak havoc in your life. 
you know, and, and, and what happens a lot of times, I'm not the authority on this, and I'm just telling you because it tried to happen with me, but what happens is a strong-willed child will win. That child will win over in the battle for who's going to conquer in the home. Because what will happen is that child will wear the parent down because of all the other responsibilities that they have. And that strong-willed child, when that strong-willed child wins out, then the rest of the world pays. Amen. You can like me or not, you know, about that statement, but it's just the truth. The rest of the world pays. Because then that child strong will that wasn't developed. I'm not talking about crushing the strong will. I'm talking about developing the strong will. And in the midst of developing that strong will, you, there's things about you that become stronger, especially if you weren't a strong will. I'm just using these two as an example. If you'll develop that thing and you learn to do what it takes, because a lot of times with your personality and theirs, you're going you're gonna to discipline that child a little bit different than you might one that just does everything that you tell. You know, then you'll have a child that all you have to do is look at them and they break. You know? And the other one's swinging nunchucks around, you know, as you're coming <laughs> into the room and, and want to knock you in the head and knock you down and take you out or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a huge difference, but, but you've got to realize, you have to realize what it's going to take to get their attention. And if you don't do it, everybody loses. The child loses because the child doesn't stay a child, you know? You ever had a cute little puppy? Oh, yeah. And then it grows up and, and it's tearing your you know, your doors up and doing all kinds of stuff. You know, they, they're, they're cute for a little while, you know, and that, and that strong-willed stuff can be cute, you know, when they're about nine months or about a year and a half, maybe, maybe a year and two months. And, and then all of a sudden, it's not so cute anymore, you know? And then when they get to be 25, it's really not cute. Yeah. Seen it happen over and over and time and time again. It's not cute. And you know what? That strong-willed child, they pay big time. And we have to be parents that want to say, even if they're 25 years old, you know what? God's going to give me some wisdom about how to handle it. You go in there, you go in, you, you didn't raise a child right, or you didn't do some things that you know you should have done now. Or you, along the way, you can say that, you know, I know there's some issues that are there, and maybe you're embarrassed of that. Hey, that's, that's the world. That's life. But, you know, you don't, you don't go and try to change a, a, a child of yours that's now an adult at 25 years old. You don't go in there like a bull in a china cabinet, you know, and man, start trying to change every little thing. No, you draw from the wisdom of God and how now in their life to be that same parent but in a totally different role and how to bless them and how just to love them through things and how to speak words at the right time a timely word will bring deliverance to that person's life in an amazing way see it's never too late say it again it's never too late i don't care it doesn't matter i don't i don't care how old you are or whatever it's never too late to make changes thank god for that amen and today, God wants us as parents and as children 
to realize the roles that we play. Because when a child is five years old and you're the parent, you're in a specific role. But when that child's 30 years old and you're the parent, you're in a totally different role. You know? But it doesn't change the fact that you're still the parent. We don't have to just... We don't, we don't have to just turn our backs on them and act like they're not, you know, they, they, they live a totally different world, even though they live a different life now. We still can love them and still be in their life. But as a child, and you have parents that are growing and getting older and those kind of things, you're in a different role. It's almost, it almost comes to where it's a, a role reversal in a way at times, depending on, on, on what's going on. And we have to embrace and accept those things. But there's way to, ways to accept it with the wisdom of God in making those relationships effective and not those relationships working against us. Not dreading a time in, my, in your life when you're going to be a, you know, you're going to have to be more involved in a parent's life or you're going to have to be more involved in a child's life or whatever when you're tired of that or I should be past that. Whatever it is, whatever, wherever you're at, if you'll embrace the situation with the wisdom of God, it's amazing what can happen. And I tell you, when the family's right and relationship and family's right, everything is right. Because God created family. And just think of all the different family connections there are. And then when, when, when you factor in spiritual family, there's not any, there's not any relationship that's not family. <laughs> it's all family. Right? And we got to embrace family. And we can't turn our back on family. And you know what? In family, people make mistakes. So we have to live with forgiveness like a six-gun on our side. Constantly forgiving, constantly loving in spite, constantly taking the high road and not the low road, constantly. And, and the more that family is developed... And the more we're developing relationships with family members, our hearts change and we become that much stronger and more effective and more apt to be in situations where we can help others instead of blaming others. I don't want to blame people. Amen? Now just look at these three passages I'm going to read here as I end this. Starting in Proverbs 2. <clears throat> if you've never read a proverb a day, I'd encourage you to do that. I do that. Try to do that, or, or I attempt to do that at least once a year, but sometimes more. There's just something about reading a proverb. I mean, you know, just pick a month where there's 31 days and there's exactly 31 Proverbs and there's amazing revelation in the Proverbs. But I want to I look at the beginning verses of Proverbs 2, 3, and 4. Chapter 2, verse 1, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment, and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the ways of saints. 
and you will understand righteous, righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. And it all starts from being a son that hears and receives the words from his father. And, and I just say today, a daughter that receives the words from her father, a son or a daughter that receives the words from her parent, from, from her mother or from, her father, from parents, as you in, receive those words of instruction, then the promises begin to flow. And we see it over and over and over again. Chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life. Listen to the Amplified here. For length of days and years of life worth living. Man, that says a lot. So, when a son or a daughter doesn't forget the law of their father, right, of their parent, when they don't forget that, when they keep those things, length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility, inward and outward, inward and outward, inward and outward. Oh, I didn't skip to the other side. Inward and outward, continuing through old age till death, these shall be added to you. Everybody say added. These things will be added to us. As long life, years of long life and years of life worth living will be added to us as we obey that. Now, here's just something to think about. When you, when you realize that your life should be, should comprise of natural father and mother, or multiple natural ones. If there's divorces, you have step-parents or whatever. If the, the, there's multiple ones. So you've got those parents. And then you have spiritual parents. And, and I've had people tell me this before, you know. Pastor, I've, you know, my father never gave me any good words. My father never did anything good for me. But there's spiritual parents and people in your life. You know, I, I had a person tell me that one time years ago, got guy that was in the church, and talked about how much that he hated his father and what he did, and he had been sent to he had been sent to boarding schools and and to military schools as a as a young person and just had a lot of hatred and unforgiveness in his heart toward his father, and his father didn't give him anything. Well, when this person in about nineteen ninety one or ninety two, when we lived here, when this person came in to my life, I started speaking things into his life. I began to be a spiritual father. And so when he heard things, when he at times heard things like this, he made a comment to me one time, you know, I don't have anything to cherish. And I told him, because I knew the example that I had been to him, I said, yeah, you do. You have what I told you. All the things you've heard in my life, and at that time, maybe three or four years. I said, the things that I've been instructing you and teaching you and training you in, keep those things. And the Bible says the God of peace will be with you. All these promises will come to pass. So what your natural father didn't give you, and maybe he gave, me, gave you more than you thought, what you're getting from your spiritual father or fathers or parents or whatever, take those and embrace those and allow that to change your life. So we can't, so, so, so it's a situation where we can't really blame our past if 
we're embracing our future, are embracing our now and our future. If we're embracing the things that are being done to us by spiritual parents and kind of replacing some of the stuff that natural parents didn't have the ability to sow into us, then we should be increasing and growing unless we're, we're the victim and we're blaming our past. And that's what we got to get out of. Because see, people, you can't do anything for other people if you're constantly the victim for what's happened to you in the past. And I'm not saying you weren't hurt. I'm not saying that there wasn't issues or things in your life where you were hurt or whatever. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and God has great compassion. But God doesn't want you to stay where you've been hurt. And he doesn't want you to stay in that place where you're the victim and you're blaming other people for what's going on. He wants you to become liberated and free. And that's why we need both sets of parents. Amen? why it's so vitally important um verse three let not mercy and truth forsake you bind them around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of god and man man that's from listening to parents that's from obeying instruction that has been given to us when we don't obey instruction or even correction things that that you know most of the time, corrective words when we were little seemed like a horrible thing, and all of a sudden they catch up with you and they become a part of your adulthood and you realize how powerful they were. Hmm? So it's, it's not always what you think your corrective word does for you today, but there's people that have, that have been corrected through the years and that correction stays with them and then one day they realize how valuable that that correction was because because 2 Timothy uh, 3 and the last verse says that, that the word of God is for correction and reproof and for training in righteousness that, so that you can be adequately equipped for every good work. <laughs> wow. So correction and reproof are as much as in, are, are on the same line of importance as training in righteousness, finding out what's right in a, in a given situation. So we want to we be trained in righteousness. We want to continue to grow and increase. But we, we want to embrace the words that natural parents and spiritual parents give us so that it makes us a whole person, so that we can be adequately equipped for every good work. Wow. Awesome. And then chapter 4 and verse 1. And, I mean, like I said, read the book of Proverbs, and it's all about Solomon and his children and Solomon and his father David. I mean, you know, just examples and situations in here. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. So in other words, it's one thing to hear something from your father, but it's another thing to understand what the father said, right? For I give you good doctrine, do not forsake my law, when I was my father's son, that's Solomon talking about David. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one on the side of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and what will happen? You'll live. Wow. I mean, that's a serious father who is so confident in his God and the life that he's living that he can tell his son, if you'll follow what I'm telling you to do, if you'll take my instruction and make it a part of you and you really understand it, you'll live the life of God. You'll live and, and not just exist, but you'll live and, and be alive. Amen? And make a difference 
in, in all that you do. And then he said, um, verse 5 and 6, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get, a, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing. And wisdom, wisdom is what comes, and, and I... I heard someone say this years ago, and, and, and this to me is a great example of what wisdom is. When, and, and, and this was talked about in the context of parents and children, but when a, when a parent will take the time and the effort to give instruction, correction, training, not, not just not just telling a child that they're wrong, but train them in it, develop them. When a parent will take the time for that, then what will catch up and what will be extracted from the knowledge is the wisdom. And the Bible says, train up a child in the ways that they're to go, and when they're old, they won't depart. Why? Because of the wisdom. Because of the wisdom. Man, I really thought Dad was really stupid. He's smarter, than he, he's smarter than I thought he was. Because hmm? the older you get, you realize, you realize that your parent had your good and not bad for you. What they were training and what they were stepping in and instructing you to do is because they loved you and they cared for you. They didn't want to see you hurt. They didn't want to see you going down paths that were not going to be productive instead of just trying to rob you and steal from you and keep you from having a good time and having fun and all those kind of things. I can tell you today, most parents want good for their children. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I, I have to honestly say, I don't think I've ever met a parent that wanted bad for their kids. Now, some put more, want to put more effort out, whatever, but they still want good for their children. And, and in wanting good for our children is to speak knowledge of a situation and then believe God for the difference of that. As a parent, have you ever said, you know what? My kids are just not getting it. Anybody ever said that? Ever thought that? Ever struggled with that? Seems like I tell them and I tell them and I tell them and they're just not getting it. That's where we trust God. We sow the knowledge, we sow the correction, the training and those kind of things in them and then what happens is the wisdom catches up. And the wisdom is what sustains them and keeps them and causes them to be able to overcome day by day by day. Amen? The family is God's creation. The one man and the one woman because becoming husband and wife and having family and having children and spending the time to raise those children and to grow up and see their children have children become grandparents and then great-grandparents or whatever it is, however long that you live on planet Earth, that's God's plan for humanity. God created us to be that way and, and, and to live that way. And God created fathers to have hearts for their children, for mothers to have hearts and a nourishing heart for their children, for them to work together as a team 
to raise and to build. And when you don't have it, and you've come from broken homes like I came from, or, and, and many people have come from, when, when you didn't have those kind of things, God will make the difference. And you believe for spiritual parents in your life, and you allow those parents to make up the difference where other things have been divided or issues have happened. Or, I mean, stuff happens. You know, in life, stuff happens. The world's got a bumper sticker with a different word, but I won't use that this morning. Amen? But that bumper sticker is absolutely true. It just happens. Stuff just happens, you know? And you're not here on this planet to try to fix every little thing and every little person or whatever, no. You're here to make a difference in your, in, inside of you so that you can make a difference in other people. And one of the greatest things I found out in my life is when I got my focus and my eyes off of what my parents didn't do for me and I began to look how to be a blessing to other people then I was able to love my parents and forgive my parents for what, you know, supposedly they didn't do for me. And it really wasn't that much. I had it all built up in my, on the, in my head that it was worse than it really was, you know. And, and when I got delivered of that, then, man, what, what I can do for other people and how I can be there for other people is where the liberty is. And then the, the other things become a thing of the past. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is brand new. We're here today to establish family for the family to become stronger and stronger and stronger day by day in all of our lives and in all the people that we come in contact with. Can you say amen?